Hello, Asylum. Tonight's truly nightmarish tale comes to us from Granddaddy Spooky Bones 20 on Reddit. It's called Mr. Splinter. As I sat down this evening to watch the news, my little boy ran up on me with his booklet full of papers the school need filled out. Pretty stained and stuff, but the last page made my blood run cold. The tear filled my eye. It was about Mr. Splinter. Who is Mr. Splinter? You probably ask Nobody really knows for sure. But as long as my ancestors have occupied this side of the mountain, it's been around. The paper my son gave me was a friendly reminder on how to educate our kids on what to do during splinter drills and how imperative it is to always follow the protocol. I've grabbed the whiskey I kept from medicinal use and poured myself two fingers worth for the first time in years. Since I told my son I may as well share it, it struck a nerve and I need to speak on my trauma. I'm not going to tell you where I live. I don't want you coming here and trying to dig up anything that'll get you killed. Well, we're from poor Appalachian town. Most of the men here are loggers or farmers. A couple fellas make moonshine on the side. The women try to either go into teaching or healthcare. I fill in the family footsteps and farm. We actually are pretty damn poor, but we get by. I'd love to earn more money and get my family out of this holler. Anyways, when you was growing up, you probably had fire drills, tornado drills, drills on how to pretend you're in an unoccupied room in case an ill-willed stranger came to hurt the kids. We also had all of those. But we had what was called splinter drills. We were scolded hard if we messed those drills up. Even a sly giggle was enough for the teacher to whack us in the back of the head, and that was a lot compared to what our folks did if we were told on for not taking the drills seriously. You see, it was, it is a matter of life and death for us. You ask anyone around these parts, and they'll tell you about some cousins or neighbors they lost to Mr. Splinter. All them drills I mentioned above in your schools likely had their own sirens. Ours did too. But the splinter drill sounded like a jack-in-the-box. But everyone around here would tell you it sounded like something else. When the alarm would go off, our teacher would tell everyone to quickly lay their heads on their desk in their arms and shut their eyes. Only she could let us know when we were clear to open our eyes and continue about our day. Oftentimes during these drills, we would be tested. I remember hearing my name called and looking up only to be severely scolded. Sometimes the principal would come in banging pots and pans, dragging her nails on the chalkboard, tell jokes, anything for a disruption. We could be in the lunchroom and have to hide our faces on the long tables, or if we were in the bathroom, we'd ball ourselves up. I remember one time being in gym class and having to lay on the ground face down during a drill. Then one morning, the low but constant wind outside our room came to a stop. The alarm sounded. It was the jack-in-the-box jingle, but slowed in the story. Knocked him deeper and slowed down slightly. The teacher quickly said in a most nervous voice, Children, heads down now. Close your eyes and don't open them, no matter what happens, until I say. I laid my head down into my arms on the desk with my eyes closed. I could hear screaming coming from the other rooms. 
Finally, we heard our doorknob turn and a creak open. The air felt colder. You could feel death in the air. It was enough to make a shiver. The room filled with musty smell, kind of like when timber begins to rot. Very earthy. She's so good to see you again. A haggard voice said that shook as it spoke. It sounded like one of those old men who were friendly at church. What gorgeous children we have here. I'm sure they will do just fine. So let's see what we got here. His movements sounded muffy like when you walk in the marsh. He made his way around the room and would make horrible noises slapping books on desks. The children whimpered but did the best to remain resilient in the mission not to look at. He made his way to me and I felt a human moisture radiating off the skin. He suddenly drug his finger down the nip of my neck and felt as if a wood nail lightly brushed the hairs of my neck. I had my eyes so tightly closed I could feel the tears pooling and hitting the desk along with the blood from where I bit my lip. It took all I had in me not to raise up to shuffle off the discomfort I had, but years of training proved itself to me. He had whispered things to some, but I couldn't make it out. All I could hear was my heartbeat from where I'd been holding my breath. As he let my neck go, he said to me in a voice so strong the whole class could hear it. Well done, Preston. You did so much better than your brother. He was delicious. That sentence struck me like a gunshot. I had a brother. I felt my spirit defeated and I was so desperate to move. I nearly started up, then the kid next to me did. I heard his back as the chair rest and him take a gasp of air. The poor kid must have held his breath and had a moment of panic when he realized the noises I heard next were him screaming. I felt a waft of moist air brushed against me and his desk collided with mine. It hit so intensely my desk fell over along with me. In a moment of pure survival instinct, I buried my head into the floor with my arms covering my head. I heard my classmate being drug out screaming. Once the door shut, we all heard what sounded like a sawmill running. I lay there for what felt like an eternity. The principal came on me in a calm. Staff, it is now safe for the students to end their drill. Please keep students quarantined in the classroom while the custodians disinfect the halls. Okay, class, raise your heads. We're safe. The class set up. Everyone had red eyes were sniffling. I picked up my desk and sat down. Nobody really spoke. I was the turned upside desk for the classmate that was carried away. The teacher promised we'd all receive therapy, but it was just volunteers who didn't really know what they were doing. We discovered later. That day I went home and asked my dad about my brother. It's the only time I ever seen him cry. He took me driving to a cemetery up the hollow of ways and I seen the tombstone. His name was Prescott. He was only about six years older than me. Dad explained this is why he was so harsh on me when it came to the drills. He didn't want to lose his only son left. I'm sitting here. My glass is empty and I gotta take my son to school tomorrow. I hope he's as brave as I was.
miles silent. Every place has its own boogeyman, and Mr. Splinter will bring a traumatizing childhood. If you would like to see more by Granddaddy Spooky Bones 20, you can find his link in the description. And if you have a tale that you would like narrated by me, you can reach me by email, justmygemini at gmail.com. Until next Friday, good night. And don't let the monster under the bed bite.